Hi, my love. I hope you're enjoying Manifest Daily, whether this is your second or your 22nd episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with our latest episodes. And if you really love this show, I would appreciate it if you could do me a huge favor by leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. It really helps the show grow and reach more listeners like yourself. And like I said, I would be super grateful for you to leave that five-star review. Thank you for being here and for being a part of this amazing and growing podcast community. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time-traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. muffins welcome back to the podcast my name is deandra nicolette i'm the host of manifest daily if you're new here welcome my love i'm so excited to have you here tuned in for an episode for your first ever episode actually and if you're an og listener hey girl hey hey boy hey what's popping what's good i'm so excited to have you here for another episode of manifest daily so my loves i am so excited for today's episode can y'all tell i'm yelling that's how y'all can tell when i'm excited but i'm so excited for today's episode because we have Sean Galnos on the podcast. Oh my God. I know. I like, I feel like I'm fangirling a little bit because you guys know, like, I feel like that's just like me as a person. However, if you're not familiar, Sean is a love coach. He's also the host of the Love Drive podcast, and he's also an online course creator. He teaches intimacy and communication tools for better relationships and more love. So you guys probably are familiar with his Instagram, the Love Drive. He has a TikTok. Um, he's basically all over the internet and he is just providing us all the advice, all the tough love, all of the information that we need in order to navigate better and just more successful romantic relationships. I love his content. I actually stumbled across Sean on my Explore page one day and it was a post that he'd made about ghosting. It was one of his reels and it was just so good. He has this really cool like way where he answers questions in reels or in TikToks and just basically breaks down a lot of these very complex romantic 
issues, romantic questions that we have with very succinct answers that are to the point. And again, just give you the tools that you need to navigate the situation that you're going through. So I'm really excited for our conversation. It was so, so good. It was a combination of questions that I had for Sean, as well as some rapid fire questions that you guys submitted through Instagram. So we are chatting about all things ghosting. We're chatting about first dates, second dates. We're chatting about when you should, you know, bring up kids and marriage on dates. We're talking about exes. We're talking about modern dating, online dating, in-person dating, how to find that partner that you are possibly searching for right now in your journey. And we just get into so many different things that I think a lot of you guys are going to love. So even if you are in a relationship, I still think you should listen to this episode because Sean just has such good practical down to earth advice that you can maybe share with some of your single friends, or maybe it just helps you to have a different perspective on dating and just some of the things that you thought you knew about dating and maybe, you know, changes your perceptive, your perceptive, your perception and your perspective on some of these things. So go ahead, my loves, grab your beverage of choice. Y'all already know how we do around here. Okay, girl, I've been sipping on some hot cocoa. I'm at my parents' house and all I've been doing is making me some hot chocolate with some oat milk and the jumbo marshmallows, five marshmallows to be exact. Yes, ma'am. I put five marshmallows in my hot chocolate, period. So go ahead and grab your beverage of choice, strap in for this episode and let's dive in and have our chat with Sean. So my loves, today I am super excited because we are chatting with Sean, who is a love coach. And y'all know we have some good questions for him to dive into with me today. So before we get started, Sean, I would love if you could tell us a little bit about who you are and then also what your early days of becoming a love coach looks like and how that journey evolves over time. Yeah, thank you. I'm uh, really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. My name is Sean Galanos. I am I love coach. I teach people communication and intimacy skills for better, more loving relationships. That's basically what I do. And I do that through online courses, through my podcast, through a bunch of, you know, Q&A and advice giving on social media. And I've been doing this for about seven years. I mean, it started seven years ago. The origin story, you know, I go by the love drive online. And the origin story there is that I used to drive a taxi in San Francisco back in 2014. And driving a taxi is fun for a bit, and then it's actually quite boring. And the conversations aren't nearly as crazy as people think they are. But I had a friend say, hey, you should maybe record some of your conversations with your passengers. And so I put cameras and lights and microphones in the back of a taxi and had conversations with passengers about sex, love, and dating. And I called it the love drive, right? Driving around, talking about love. Oh, I love that. (laughs) So that's the, that's the origin story that that was 2014. All those videos live on YouTube. If you just go to the love drive, there's a playlist of original taxi videos. They're all there. And then along the way, I started writing more about sex, love, and dating. I started a podcast and interviewing experts and thought leaders in the field of intimacy and relationships. I got certified as a coach. I started coaching people one-on-one. Then I started hosting courses. And uh, now it's, you know, the last days of 2021. And uh, here we are talking. 
Okay, I love that. And I have to say, I went on a date the other day and coming home, I took a lift and I ended up just sort of like having this entire amazing conversation with the lift drivers. So I can totally feel the people who, you know, I'm sure they had amazing conversations with you on their rides, especially when it comes to like love and just people, you know, wanting to spill their souls out in the back of a taxi. So I think it's a great origin story. You'd be surprised. Most people didn't want anything to do with it, but there were really? some few willing. Yeah, I mean, no one, for the most part, most people don't want to be, you know, immortalized on a YouTube video. Okay, right. I could see right. that. I Maybe I'm just very open. <laughs> well, you probably are very open-minded, yeah. That's right. You you are, and it was the those more open-minded people that I had great conversations with. In all of those conversations, and also throughout your years of work with like your clients and everything like that, I would just love to know what are some of the biggest issues or struggles that your clients have faced when it comes to dating? I think the two main ones that come up right away are uh, this feeling of not being enough, right? Not being worthy of big, big love. Uh, maybe not not having grown up in a household where healthy love and relationship was modeled. So really kind of struggling uh, in the dating sphere and in the relationship sphere about uh, really deserving, uh, loving, committed partner. And then the other piece, I think, is struggling around communication of needs, desires, dreams, boundaries, the whole thing. Uh, there's this sort of epidemic right now of uh, people just being really terrified of speaking up in fear of being too much or of scaring people away. And there really is no way to build healthy relationship without speaking up, right? About what you want, what you like, what you don't like, how somebody's bothering you, your disappointments, your expectations, what your, what your goals are, your dreams for a relationship, all this stuff. You can't really build a deep, healthy relationship without any of that stuff. And I think people are really scared because they've had experiences in the past where they spoke up and people ran away or and they were never modeled what healthy communication looks like. Yeah, that is definitely a tough one. I know I've heard that from some of my friends who are also single and dating. I've kind of also encountered that where I've asked people, you know, the same thing of like, if I say this, is it too much? And I think you're right. Like there's no way to actually build a real true connection if you're afraid of like, saying something to someone because isn't that part of trust and, and vulnerability and like building intimacy? Yeah. And it, it gets built slowly over time, right? You don't want to just on the first date, spill the whole beans <laughs> and talk about your traumatic childhood. Maybe and, not. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. And your, yeah. and your, you know, worldly aspirations for a loving committed relationship with the person that you're, you know, on a date with this stuff, you know, you, you divulge and you let people peek behind the wall slowly right and that's like you said that's how trust is earned it's earned over time not all at once mm -hmm. so for those people going through that and facing that issue right how do you actually advise them to go about working on building up that trust and intimacy in these relationships so just working on not being afraid to let their guard down slowly over time well so you you start small right you start with a small disclosure right and usually it's uh it's nice to be able to disclose something when it comes up right so i get a lot of questions like oh when do i tell people that i have kids it's like well when it comes up right 
if if people are if someone you're on a date and someone says what are you doing this weekend and you happen to have your kids this weekend you say well you know i've, I've got a couple kids and we're going to go you know to the zoo and so you bring stuff up as it comes up and then you gauge their reaction is this someone who can hold your disclosure whatever that disclosure is with tenderness understanding care compassion or do they maybe elicit some sort of response that makes you sort of contract a little bit and not feel safe, mm-hmm. right? So if someone says, hey, what are you looking for? And you, you say, oh, well, you know, I would like a, a long-term committed monogamous relationship uh, in the hopes of someday having kids. And the other person can be like, well, that's pretty intense, right? That's mm-hmm. maybe a response that could be sort of, you know, problematic. Or uh, someone would say like, oh, wow, thank you so much for sharing that, that, um, you know, you showed a lot of courage sharing that. So we disclose and then we evaluate what is the response that we receive. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. And I feel like, I don't know, that just, like you said, it happens very naturally. At least I found that there are those moments where you kind of find that little pocket of conversation where you can share a little bit about yourself. And again, the, I always say like, not everyone is for you, right. And not every relationship, every date that you go on, you're going to find someone who is for you. And that's the whole point of dating and going out and meeting new people and having these experiences is learning more about yourself and also more about, you know, the people that are out there and what sort of traits and things that you value in a partner. Um, So I love that. I mean, I would go as far as saying that most people aren't for you. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, the, the, the chance that you're going to really connect on a deep level where your goals and your dreams are aligned and you both find each other cute is I think pretty low. It it, it actually is. (laughs) You know, I think it's pretty low. And so we have to be sort of reasonable with, uh, the expectations of how quickly, you know, we are going to find someone that we kind of vibe with. And it, that's also hard because sometimes we see our friends, you know, going from one relationship to the next, they don't seem to have any issues meeting new people. And maybe because their standards are different than your standards or a whole bunch of other things that we can't really control. Uh, but for the most part, you know, it, it's that that deep connection with an alignment for what you want doesn't come around that often. So that makes dating tricky and sort of sometimes like a long-term process. Yeah. It's so interesting that you say that because I literally, I remember having that realization, such a simple thing that you just said, but it's really profound, I think, because again, you do see people who are like online or maybe your friends who are jumping from relationship to relationship or who just don't seem to have a problem finding the people that they click with. And, you know, I know in the past, it's made me feel kind of like, all right, well, am I doing something wrong? And I've had to come to literally exactly the, the realization that you just said of, you know, if you're looking for someone with like specific values and just you want someone to align with your life in a certain way, and you want to, you know, still maintain your independence and have a partner that, you know, fits um, some of these things that you're looking for. It's like, that's, that's very specific. Like you're such a specific and unique person. And that person is like also a very specific and unique person. It's like looking for a needle in a haystack, right? So it's not like you're going to just, I mean, you could just randomly meet the person, which would be great. But for a lot of us, it's, you know, there's a process to it. Yeah. And I would also caution people that if you have a list and that list is exhaustive and you are very rigid in what you are looking for, uh, there's a good chance that you might not find it. Right. So 
I remember some years back, I wanted to date a rock climber. And I guess back then I should have just got into a climbing gym. That would have probably been the easiest thing to do. Perfect. But I didn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. Just like go where the people are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, it wasn't really important that she was a rock climber. It was more important that she had a sense of adventure. Right? Yes. And that you can find in a lot more people. So if you find yourself with a list, that's like, you know, must be this tall must come from this background, have this, you know, these political and religious beliefs, uh, must make this amount of money, have these interests. Well, then you're really talking about a needle in a haystack and the odds of you finding that needle in the haystack are, are pretty low. Right. So there is something to be said for opening up the list and finding what is the quality underneath the specific requirement that you're looking for. Yeah. And I would also add to that too, like, Sometimes it means just maybe saying that certain things could be removed from the list. Like I know I had to, you know, take, I, I look at my list often, right? Cause I do have like an actual list and sometimes I refer to it and kind of look at it. And it's more for me, just sort of a guide. Um, I love lists in general. And I remember at one point in my journey, height was on there and it was sort of like this thing where I had to come to and be like, is that actually important like is that actually something that is a a like something that correlates to value within someone and and it's not right so then I was just like okay well is this something that needs to be on there and it doesn't and I sort of had to remove that and that was like a really good conversation to have with myself but I love that like just looking at your list and being like what is the actual value that you're looking for in someone versus being like it has to be this specific way that that value is expressed yeah, height is a nice to have. It's a nice to have. It's a nice to have. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're six feet tall, you 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 might be looking for someone that's like close to. Doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be taller or just underneath, but like you know, it's a nice it's a nice to have. But it's that's not really gonna change mm-hmm. um, or affect the 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 depth of your relational connection. I agree. I've found that. In, in the course of my dating adventures, <laughs> I have found that. So, yeah. So I'm curious, you talk a lot about online dating and your content, and I would love to know how you feel online dating has changed the way that we define and understand love, especially, you know, obviously as it comes to romantic relationships. Oh, I, I don't know how it's changed the way in which we, uh, what was the question? I, I want to get your wording specific. Yes. Yeah. So how do you think online dating has changed the way that we define and understand love when it comes to romantic relationships? Yeah. I don't, I don't know actually how online dating has come to define or change the way we like, you know, define love, but it's definitely made the pursuit of a relationship. Just definitely there's some, some changes in, in how people use online dating to find love. Um, for me, dating apps, dating sites, I've used them on and off for like 15 years. Uh, I think they're a great tool to meet people who want to go on dates. That's it. That, that's, that's the whole thing, right? They're, they're a really good tool to put yourself in contact with other people who want to go on dates. That, that's, that's it. They're one, one of many tools. So if you don't have a lot of experience dating, going on a dating site, can be a great experience for you to get more experience dating, right? You can get good at dating because your chances of meeting people are higher than if you just say went to the grocery store and expected to meet someone to go on a date with. The problem, you know, the the problem with like 
in your daily life, meeting people in your daily life is great. We all want that, that meet cute of you drop the baguette, they pick it up. You bump Oh my heads. gosh. Yes. Hey, you oh, have the cheese. You, the che oh, you have the cheese. They have the baguette. Can Literally go match made in heaven. Right. And that's cool. That's a great story to tell your grandparent, your grandchildren, but it's uh, not realistic. It's not realistic. When you meet people in real life, you have no idea whether they're single, if they're attracted to your gender, if they're open to meeting people in their daily life. You know, there's a lot of barriers to meeting people. So dating online kind of gets rid of a lot of those barriers. Um, sometimes, depending on what you look like, could feel a lot like drinking from a, a fire hose, right? You, too many, too many replies, too many matches, or uh, or not, not a, not any at all, or or not very many, and that can be really um, deceiving. It can be disappointing. It can be just like really sad, right? So the, the experience can be all over the place, but if you just use it as a tool, um, it can be helpful. The other thing that I think online dating has done is that it's made us pickier, right? It's the, the, the grass is greener. We can just keep swiping and swiping and swiping to optimize for the best possible match. What we think is the best possible match. And I think that can be dangerous because um, you're sort of always looking for the greener grass instead of just being happy with the person that you may be dating or going on dates with today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with everything you said, especially with the, the grass is greener, right? And feeling like there are unlimited options out there. I also feel like sometimes you like the page or someone's profile on an app is literally like such a small snippet of them telling you who they are. And you really don't know if the person that you're swiping on is that person. And so it's like, you feel like you're, you know, you know, going after all these options and it's like, are they really viable options for you? And I think dating online can be a little overwhelming sometimes because of that. And because you feel like there are a lot of options, but it's like, are there really a lot of options? Yeah. And people are, you know, showing you the most curated versions of themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's why I sort of suggest don't spend too much time chatting back and forth. People sometimes will spend weeks, months chatting before meeting up and then they'll meet up and the, what was great text <laughs> chemistry ends up falling super flat in person. And yeah. so of course, do what you need to do to feel safe enough to meet this person, right? Especially like women going out to meet strangers. We know what the risks are a lot greater than for me to go out on a date, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, but try not to spend too much time chatting. Just go to the, you know, the public coffee shop or whatever and see if there's, you know, go, go get a vibe check with this person yes. to see if there's something there. Yeah, I'm all for that. I'm like, let's talk for a couple of days and then let's meet up. Like, let's plan to meet up in person because I can't catch like your vibe on text. And also too, there are so many nuances and communication that we miss through text that it's like, you know, someone's like, my sense of humor does not come across well through text unless you know me and you can like hear my voice saying the thing. Otherwise it just sounds like it's, it's, it just doesn't come across well. <laughs> so, You're either like creepy or not funny. Yeah. And I'm like, I am funny. It's just in real life. You gotta, you gotta experience it. Give me a chance. So that's interesting that you say that because, you know, there are some people that, uh, you, 
you know, you don't vibe with their profile or with them via text, but you would absolutely vibe with them in person and yeah. vice, vice versa. And if I think back of all my ex-girlfriends, I, I did meet one on OkCupid like eight years ago. But if I think back of my ex-girlfriends, I'm not sure that I would have matched with them just based on their photos and their profile, mm. right? So the chemistry that we had in person was much stronger than what we might have had, you know, via just like uh, a series of pictures and a few descriptive words. Yeah, limited words. If That's if someone fills out their profile. <laughs> Right. So be careful, like, you know, swiping left on things that you you don't think are cute. You might actually really think they're cute in person. Exactly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. When it comes to mental health and therapy, there are a ton of different stigmas, a lot of which we've talked about on the show. For example, there are a lot of people that believe that you should only seek a therapist when you are at your absolute lowest of lows. But we know that is simply not true. In fact, therapy is an amazing tool that can help prevent you from getting to those lows or just help you learn a lot about yourself and how to cope with whenever you're going through a really sad time, really anxious time, all those different things. Another stigma is that mental health shouldn't be a thing or shouldn't be a part of like normal everyday life which I find absolutely ridiculous because the same way that we take care of our physical bodies our teeth all of our actual like physical things that we can see the problems with is the same way that we should take care of our spiritual and mental health this is why I'm so excited to have better help as a sponsor for today's episode and to urge those of you guys who are looking for therapy or for a new therapist in your life to check out better help better help will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's actual professional therapy that's done securely online and in the comfort of your own home. You can log into your account at any time and message your therapist, or you can also schedule weekly video or phone sessions that are all done remotely. Again, in the comfort of your own home. We love that. This way you can like sit and basically sip a little hot chocolate while you're doing your therapy session. We love that. I feel like it's very cozy, very winter-esque. You know what I mean? BetterHelp is also more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. Visit betterhelp.com slash That's better H-E-L-P dot com slash manifest daily and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional manifest daily listeners get 10% off their first month so make sure to check out betterhelp.com again that is betterhelp.com slash manifest daily and it's better h-e-l-p.com slash manifest daily check it out in the show notes as well okay back to the episode what about on the opposite side? Because when I asked uh, on Instagram, there were a few people that responded to the question sticker, basically saying they're single and they want to date, they want to put themselves out there, but they just are not vibing with the apps. Like, would you say it's worth it for them to sort of like try an app, like maybe one that, you know, maybe they could try it out for like a month or you're saying like, if you really don't vibe with the apps, like what 
are they to do join the rock climbing groups perhaps sure yeah i mean if you've tried it and it's not for you cool like let's not make you do something that doesn't work for you if you haven't tried it and you you know they call that contempt prior to investigation if you don't like something but you've never tried it before maybe give it a shot but if you are diametrically opposed if you're just like not want to do it then just know that you're closing yourself off to you know an avenue of potential suitors right or dates yeah um, other otherwise yeah there are ways of meeting people in real life you know like the first dating app launched in like the 90s or something right so what did people do before that we met people in our daily life we met people through friends through clubs through activities similar interests we had people set us up we had our grandparents set us up like you can meet people off dating apps it's absolutely possible uh, my suggestion is to put yourself in contact with new people on a regular basis right like you can't expect to meet someone if all you're doing is going to work, Whole Foods, and then coming home. Yes. Right. I, <laughs> there needs to be more gym. than that. And the gym. Yeah. Right. I mean, Especially because people don't approach you at the gym. Well, we've taught people not to approach people at the gym. I think that's probably a good thing for the most part to keep women safe. Like the gym is already a male-dominated space. Um, imagine if every time you worked out, you were expecting to get hit on like by 12 people. Mm -hmm. It would make you not want to go to the gym unless you were like really thirsty and in which case maybe you would really want to go to the gym. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. And I, I agree. I think, you know, if you haven't tried the apps, like I feel like there's still a little bit of stigma around the apps and I've sort of seen some stuff on like Twitter um, on Instagram as well, where people are like, oh, you know, you, you're basically desperate if you're using the apps and I don't think that's the case at all I just think like you said the apps are a way to expose yourself to more people that are as you said they're actively looking to date and whether or not their intention is like a long-term dating situation or casual dating I mean that's for you guys to discuss or for them to put on their profile or whatever but you get to expose yourself to more of those people who are actively you know looking to do something that you're also looking to do that, yeah, that's interesting. I don't think there's any stigma around dating apps. Um, and if there is, you know, maybe those people are just extra judgy because, you know, boomers were the ones who started Match and eHarmony, right? So they've been online dating for a long time. The younger generation, right, or teens these days start out on the apps. Like we're talking a whole generation of people who have never met people to go on a date with or to, to be in a relationship with not on the apps, like in real life, right? So we're talking multiple generations of people that are used to using online dating. Um, I think if people are, you know, if there's a stigma, if some people are, are judgy, I don't know, I, I just don't really see it too much. Maybe it's because I've been, you know, on and off dating apps for, you know, over a decade. Um, mm -hmm. But that said, there's plenty of opportunities to meet people in your real life, like meetup.com, go to meetup, type in your city, state, country, whatever, and find events that you're interested in. Because worst case, you don't meet anybody, but you learned something or you did something that you enjoyed doing, right? Mm -hmm. Badminton, bird watching, hiking, ceramics, cooking, whatever it is. And especially what's cool about these groups is that uh, oftentimes there's like a, you know, there's a, there's the same cast of people that are, that come in every week. And then there's like a sort of a new 
there's new people that are sort of rotating into these groups. So that's one, one great way. I think I remember uh, joining a badminton club in Montreal when I moved there six or seven years ago. And that was a great way to just meet people in general, right? Like, cause I was new in town, mm-hmm. um, friends and maybe people to go on, on dates with. I never went on a date with anybody from the badminton club, but I really enjoyed my time and I got some exercise and I made some friends, right? So there are ways of meeting people not on dating apps. Yeah. You just gotta be proactive about it. But yeah, no, going back to stigma thing, I literally, I felt the same. I was just like, I thought, you know, we were all kind of on the same page about that, but I've seen some stuff on Twitter where people are like, oh, is it cringy? Is it weird? And I think it's just, you know, it's a little, maybe it's something they're not used to and something they haven't tried. And going back to what you said, maybe they're judging it before they've given it a chance. So if you haven't tried it, highly recommend you try it out. If not, um, I think meetup.com is great. I've gone to a couple different meetups and met some great friends through that as well. So I feel like that's also a good way to just meet people in general that you vibe with. It's funny you you talk about Twitter. I was just reminded of Dave Chappelle's most recent special. Oh, I haven't uh, seen where, it. Well, yeah, it's it's good. He got in trouble for, you know, I forget what he was talking about. I think um, making jokes about trans folks. And uh, someone said, you know, have you seen everything that's, you know, the people are saying on Twitter? And he's like, yeah, I don't really care about Twitter because it's not a real thing. <laughs> right. And not like, Twitter not being real. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it's a bunch of people talking on a platform mm-hmm. and that really doesn't affect your day to day. So, so whether people on Twitter think that uh, dating online is cringy or not, you have to live your life. I agree. Right? You're the one living your life. No one else is living it for you, especially not those thousands or millions of people on Twitter, right? If you want love, if you want connection, if you want intimacy and touch and everything that comes from dating, then, you know, it's worth exploring all the tools that you have available to make that happen. Mm-hmm. I agree. I completely agree. Nice. Yeah. So I kind of want to get into like an interesting question here. I feel like you've probably heard people talk about this before, like the idea of the spark, right? It's like, I've gone on the day. I, I either felt a spark or I didn't feel a spark, whichever one, right? How do you feel or what, what role do you feel chemistry and like this spark plays in creating successful long-term relationships and connections and how early on should someone feel a spark? Or what if they never feel that spark? Like, is that, could that relationship still be successful? Yeah, I think the the spark is not a good indicator of long-term relational satisfaction. It's really not. It's it's an indicator of, oh, there's something interesting here that probably feels a lot like some experience that I've had in the past, yes. whether it's a past partner or it's, you know, my relationship to my parents. Um, something feels familiar and exciting, right? It's your nervous system that's activated. And that is not always good. It's exciting. It's most likely hot. It doesn't mean that you're compatible for a long-term relationship, right? So it's tricky because you want there to be some attraction, right? I think what's more important than Spark is, do I find this person cute? And am I curious enough to go on another date with them? That's more interesting to me than spark but down on a cellular level spark is way more interesting and attractive and um 
magnetic and mysterious. And we, we like that in our pursuits of relationship. We like mystery. Um, so spark is tricky. Spark is, uh, can be dangerous. I know that every time I've spelt, I have felt intense spark with someone that relationship burned hot and fast. I don't know if, can you relate to that? I can absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> relate to exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. It feels great. It feels great. It's hot. It's sexy. It's exciting, but it also comes oftentimes with sleepless nights and a lot of anxiety and worry. It's turbulent. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's turbulent. It's a roller coaster. And for me, I don't really want, I'm too old to be on a roller coaster. You know, I mean, I actually like actual roller coasters, You're never too old <laughs> yeah. for that. Um, but not a relational roller coaster. I'd rather have something that's slow and steady. I remember uh, one of my exes, I'm, I'm friends with almost all of them, um, said that she wants the relationship not to be a roller coaster, but to be like a fire that you slowly stoke. Mm. And that over time it gets hotter and it burns brighter. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's what I would like people to look for. And I think that can be built with a lot of people. I really do think that um, spark and attraction and chemistry can build over time. Yeah. But, but at, that being said, there has to be some points of connection at the beginning for you to want to explore the thread or the path or the journey together. Yeah, I agree. I definitely feel like the dates that I've been on where I felt comfortable, I really enjoyed those. I think for me, I, over time, I've come to really enjoy the sense of comfort or just kind of like um, that connection through really good conversation, things like that versus this initial spark because of exactly what you said. I've noticed the trait or I've noticed the trend of it being something where it's like a hot and heavy relationship at the very beginning. And then it sort of becomes turbulent. I get anxious. I, I just don't like the results of that, but the ones where it's a little bit slower to start and there's a little bit more of that, you know, familiarity around some of our values and our conversation, things like that. It just, it's exactly like what your ex said. Like it's this fire that sort of gets stoked and burned um, over time and just warms up over time. And I, I much prefer that maybe because I'm a tourist also probably because I just like stability in general. So yeah. Yeah. The spark is like a flash in the pan. You know, it's like throw a newspaper on a fire. It's going to burn hot and it's going to burn out. So mm -hmm. um, just a, just a word of caution, right? Is that like, if you don't feel a spark, that doesn't mean that it's not a fit. It just means that maybe the excitement is a little further down the road and you got, you got to kind of earn it. Yeah. Would that say that, or would you say that you would also recommend then if you go on a date with someone, there's no spark, but you know, you're like, okay, I had a good time. Would you recommend them going on a second date? Why wouldn't you go on a second date if you had a good time on the first date? Oh, love it. <laughs> Period. <laughs> right? that's, that's literally, okay, good. Cause that's how I feel. And I feel like sometimes it's like, we're looking for this just, Again, the spark experience, you know what I think it is too? It's the rom-coms. It's literally the rom-coms with the meat cutes and the thing that happens where someone like they touch each other with their pinkies and then all of a sudden they're like envisioning their marriage together. Um, that has made people think that the spark is a thing. But no, I agree. I, I love a second date. Um, even if it's just kind of like I've had, if it's not a bad time, because I also believe too that on a first date, sometimes you're nervous or sometimes the person's nervous. So it's like, 
it's not like an awful time or it's not a bad time. And I'm feeling like, okay, like this person's cool. I kind of want to see what's there. Like I'll go and see what's there. Cause often with those, like the second dates even better. Cause like we've sort of gotten past those initial nerves of meeting each other. Cause I know I get very nervous, like right before I meet someone and then I'm cool. But like the second date is typically a little better for me. I love that. I love, I love the idea of, uh, just like going on a second date to see, see what it feels like. I, I like to tell people, you know, the only goal of the first date is to see if you like them enough to see them again. Mm-hmm. And that's really the goal of all the dates, you know, second, fourth, 12th, 50th. Do I like them enough to see them again? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, then cool. You got it. And if it's, if it's no, then you got to, you know, you got a conversation to have. I have another question that just came up. We're like veering off the, the brief, but now I'm Don't curious. What do, you think? I, I didn't actually, I, I like skimmed the brief, but I didn't read it. So oh no, you're you, go, I, you can go anywhere. You can go anywhere. We'll, we'll go all the places. No, but I'm curious. Like, okay. So we're, you know, you, you've gone on the first date, you know, you like them, you're setting up the second date. When do you typically, you know, recommend someone to bring up these, almost like, let's say the heavier topics, right? Especially if you, you've both established that you're kind of dating for a longer term connection. When do you actually start to discuss, you know, some of like your visions for that? And, you know, not necessarily going into detail of like, we need to, you know, do this on this date, but like more so your bigger vision of what you imagine that to look like for yourself in some ways. I mean, are you talking about like, do we want to live together? Do we want to have kids together? Like what more so like asking, you know, like the questions of like, do you want to have kids? Do you want to get married? Like just asking their point of view. Is that, you know, first date? Is that second date? Does it not matter? Is it kind of like what you said earlier where it's like when it naturally comes up or is there a, a time for that? Yeah. I, I mean, I am a big fan of when it naturally comes up or when you're curious. I'm right? curious all the time. <laughs> then, then whenever, whenever that curiosity comes up is when you ask the question, Hey, you know what? I'm just kind of curious. How do you feel about having kids? Not necessarily with me, just in general, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that takes a lot of the pressure off. Right. I think, uh, I think it's totally fine to say, Hey, just FYI, I'm absolutely dating to be in a committed relationship. I'm not in a rush, but just know that that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Right. That whole, I'm not in a rush, but this is what I'm looking for means I'm serious and also like take some of the pressure off that I'm not, you know, this isn't an interview for the role of life partner, but (laughs) it's not inappropriate to bring any of this stuff up either before the first date on the first date or anytime after the first date. Mm -hmm. Right. As long as you're not attached to the outcome. Right. I mean, you don't, you're just getting to know someone. So it's totally valid for you not to know anything about this person and for you to ask these kinds of questions. Look, if asking someone on the first date, hey, do you, what do you feel, how do you feel about having kids scares the other person away, good. That is not someone <laughs> that you want to have kids with. If, if they can't say, uh, you know what, I'm actually not sure. I wanted to have kids, but then because of the pandemic, I don't know if I want to bring kids into this world. I'm totally you know, still open to discussing it, but I'm a little bit more hesitant, right? If the person can't do that or can't say, I don't know, I'd love to have them. I don't want to have them. I feel like this is too soon for us to even be talking about kids. If they can't say any of these things, then how are you going to be able to have serious conversations with this person moving forward? Mm -hmm. No, that is absolutely a valid point. And I feel like that is something I'm definitely learning a little bit more now 
in the dating journey. Of course, it's, you know, it's, it's a journey, but just that like transparency and that desire to not be afraid to be curious and to say exactly what you said. Like if someone finds this question to be maybe not offensive, but if they're like scared off by this question, well, then they're not for me because I really do want to have these <laughs> serious, I, I want to understand these things about you early on enough to know if we're compatible. Cause if I know I want certain things in my life, right. Cause kids is a big one. If it's like, I definitely want kids and someone definitely doesn't, it's like, that's usually a deal breaker, right? That's, that's something where people aren't really typically willing to like change. Yeah. You don't want to wait till the 20th date to find out they hate kids. Yeah. And you <laughs> love like, kids. Yikes. Like get, get, get that out of the way on the first date, you know? And, and here's the thing about these, these conversations is that oftentimes you have to continuously have them, mm-hmm. right? You have to check in about your desires and your dreams and your goals throughout the relationship because people's, they change, people change, people's ideas, people's desires change over time. That's totally fine. We're supposed to change. We're supposed to grow. Um, so just because on the first day they said they want to add kids, maybe, you know, three, six months down the, down the road, you might want to kind of check in to see how they, how they feel now about having kids. And if that's something that they even envision doing with you, right. That, that would be an appropriate time to kind of talk about that, right. To have some joint conversations about our future together. Yeah. I agree. Okay. I have a little bit of a different course of questions now. Um, we're going to get into some rapid fire questions from listeners, but before we do that, I want to chat about ghosting because I know you have a lot of content on ghosting and, you know, obviously with, um, online dating, I feel like ghosting and, and the whole, someone better could be out there for me. I feel like ghosting is a little bit Maybe it's not more prevalent. I don't know if it's less or more prevalent now, but anyways, so ghosting, let's talk about that. And if someone is on the receiving end of the ghosting behavior, they've just been ghosted by someone they're dating, maybe, you know, two, three dates in, maybe five dates in, how can they avoid becoming cynical or jaded about dating, especially if they were really into that person and, you know, they were building sort of this connection that came out of nowhere. I mean, I, this feels kind of trite to say, but you dodged a bullet, right? Uh, this, this person yeah. is unable to have a mildly uncomfortable conversation about not wanting to see you again. I really don't under, I mean, I don't, I don't understand it on one hand. And then I understand it on another hand. Uh, he's <laughs> never been, I mean, okay. So from a woman's perspective, if you're a woman and you might feel that it's safer to ghost a man than it is to be honest with him because of what he might do if you're honest, right? If you're scared of uh, your your physical health, him stalking you, him showing up at your house, then I understand ghosting. I, I do. I really want people to do whatever they need to do to stay safe. Um, but I don't think that's what you're talking about. I think yeah, you're, I actually you're just didn't even about, think about that. Uh, uh, oh, that's a which... huge, that's a huge thing is a huge, yeah, it's definitely a huge thing. Um, I think in the situations where I've not wanted to speak to someone, I haven't necessarily been like afraid of my well-being. So I've kind of been just ready to be upfront and say like, Hey, you know, you're a great person. I'm just not really feeling this, but, um, but yeah, like I'm blessed obviously and grateful that I've never been in a position where I felt afraid of saying something like that to someone, but that is definitely a valid perspective. Yeah, I think you're probably talking about like uh, women being ghosted by men. Either or. 
or probably women more ghosts. women being ghosted by men though because the audience is mostly women <laughs> right and, so, yeah. and my, my audience is mostly women as well so yeah. that that's typically the angle that i take yeah um so you dodged a bullet right unfortunately this person was uh, not mature enough or didn't have the language uh to have a mildly uncomfortable conversation with you and and one thing that i want to say is that for the most part people are doing the best they can right and so when someone ghosts you that's their best and their best is kind of shitty right i think this was really helpful for me in learning to accept other people's behaviors and not uh, get resentful about it is that like hey man you did this shitty thing to me and i guess that was the best you could do you know and man your best is really not that great. And just like sometimes my best is not that great either, right? So I'm able to have some softness around my behavior and other people's behaviors. And I mean, to your question about how to not feel jaded, sometimes you just got to feel jaded and take a break and to go, wow, that that really hurt. That that mm -hmm. that was rough. That's going to hurt for a little bit. I think I'm just going to I'm just going to take a break instead of like jumping right back into the deep end, right? Mhm. Mm so sometimes you're, you're going to feel jaded and that's okay. You know, I don't know that, uh, I don't really like to avoid feeling anything. Uh, if the feeling is there, whether it's jaded or cynical or disappointed or angry or frustrated, um, that's there to teach you something. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to deny those emotions, uh, doesn't allow you to process them. They often linger for longer than they normally would if you just kind of sat with them and accepted them. So if you're feeling jaded and cynical, cool. You're totally valid in feeling that. You should probably take a break. Uh, maybe go throw something <laughs> that, uh, not something valuable, not like your phone, but like, I don't know, yeah. a log or a stick or something. I don't know. Just throw a rock out. Well, you know what? Go to one of those rooms where you can like literally break things for fun. Like that's a thing. I, yeah, I used to do that. <laughs> I used to actually go pick up uh, like, you know, broken electronics and then break them even more mm -hmm. uh, with a with a friend. And yeah, it sucks. Ghosting, ghosting sucks, but I think it's here to stay. I really think it's here mm -hmm. to stay. Um, I wish there was an alternative. I, I gave an alternative on TikTok and that video got something like 4 million views. Wow. Uh, and, and that's where I learned that, that some women are ghosting to stay safe because there was a lot of people saying there's no way I would ever say what you told us to say instead of ghosting. Yeah. Can I ask what you told us to say or should I link the TikTok? <laughs> you, well, you can link it, but I, I basically said like, hey, I had a really nice time with you and the connection that you and I have is not the connection that I'm looking for. Yeah. Take good, take good care. That's literally, that's basically like what I, I literally said this to someone the other day. I was like, hey, you know, I've had a great time chatting with you. You seem like a great guy, but feel like you know the connection isn't there uh good luck with this you know out there on the streets <laughs> um yeah. and and that was that and he was just like okay and i mean you know yeah but yeah, that's it's, a, that's yeah. the alternative to ghosting basically yeah it's not very complicated it's not it's not but it does like you like you said there are so many different instances and nuances to these situations that obviously you know you're doing like you said, the best that you can. And uh, to get to this point in my journey, like it's been a lot of learning, processing, uh, having conversations with myself to even be able to like take a step like that. And so it's something where if you, you know, you're not uh, afraid of someone, but you still ghost, it's still a journey, like a part of your journey. And you might get to that point one day where you are able to sort of be upfront and communicate things like that. But yeah. Yeah. And I also want to add that, uh, if you tell someone that you don't want to see them again and they don't accept your no, 
you ignoring them, blocking them and all that stuff is not ghosting. That's self-care. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, some people I don't, <laughs> yeah, some people don't, they, they think that once you tell someone you don't want to see them again, they have to stick around and answer all these questions. You could just say, Hey, look, I'm not available to answer any of your questions. I'm not interested. Thank you. Yeah. This is, this is over. You know, that's yeah. not ghosting. That's, that's you just taking care of yourself. I love that. Literally block. <laughs> that's my favorite thing to do if someone is being uh, disrespectful or pushing boundaries that I've like clearly laid out. I will absolutely yeah. block someone. <laughs> so yeah. Block, block, block. Oh, love it. All right. So let's get into some of the rapid fire questions, right? Okay. Um, first one we have dating advice for late bloomers or virgins or people who have never been in relationships in their twenties. Go on a date and <laughs> yeah, go on a date. Start, starts with the first date and uh, be honest with where you're at. If it feels safe for you to do so. Hey, I don't have a lot of experiences with relationships. I'm a bit of a late bloomer. Hey, I've never had sex before. It uh, doesn't mean I'm weird. It just means that, you know, it just hasn't happened for me. Um, or, Hey, I've just got out of a 10 year divorce. So all this dating thing is, is like very new to me. Just mm -hmm. wanted to let you know. Oh, good. I love that. Okay. Advice for a single woman who feel like they can't find their dream guy in their country. Yeah, I don't, I, that's a tough one. I mean, maybe let go of the dream a little bit and just find someone that you enjoy spending time with. Okay. Okay. Is it true that men look for similar qualities of their moms and their partners? I think that all people to a certain degree look for a combination of their parental role models. Mm -hmm. And to extend on that, would you say, I guess that would be positive and maybe quote unquote, like negative qualities as well. Oh, it comes with both sides of the equation. Yeah. Mm. It's very complex, super, super complex attachment stuff. Uh, I've been, you know, working on it with my therapist for years. It's, uh, it's, it's just what we do and it's not bad and it's not good. It's just what we do. It's what we're attracted to. Thoughts on age gaps when it comes to relationships. Do you think they have a, a significant effect on the success of the relationship? I think it's less about the number and more about, do we want the same things and, uh, can we relate to each other? Right. Especially mm -hmm. if there's a large age gap, sometimes you're just in really different places in your life. So yeah. do we want the same things and can we relate to each other? How to reconnect with an ex if you truly think it'll work? Ask him out to coffee and see if they're open to exploring whether there's the potential of a second relationship together. Okay. And, you know, accept the fact that they might not be. Yeah. And that's okay too. And that's definitely okay too. Well, it's, it's not, it's more than okay. It's m most probable. <laughs> it's most, I mean, you know, yeah. like there's like a million breakup songs and one song about getting back together reunited by peaches and herb or peaches and cream <laughs> or something. I uh, actually don't know. Is it peaches and cream? I feel like that sounds familiar, but I might it, just be thinking it, of food. Is it peaches and herb? No, it can't be peaches. I feel like peaches and cream sound. I'm not I'm sure. Like, <laughs> but, peaches, and, yeah. it is peaches and herb. Can you? Oh, okay. I was, I really, when you said peaches and cream, I was like, that sounds like it's correct. It sounds sexier than peaches it's and herb. Yeah. I'm like, herb. But you know, so yeah. there's one, you know, reunited and feels so good. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's like million breakup songs, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody's got an anecdote about their uncle and auntie that got back together after 27 years being separated and 
right? There's, you can always find an anecdote to like back up the thing that you want to do. I guess the question is like, what's changed? What has changed between us where we think we can make this work again? Well, Sean, this has been a lovely conversation. I feel like I've had a lot of introspective moments throughout this entire conversation. And you've just made me think about a lot of things in a very good way. So thank you for that. And thank you for joining me for an episode. Um, I would love to know what you're working on, first of all, and then where we can find you. Um, I'll obviously link everything down below, all your socials and stuff like that. But just what are you working on? What are you up to? So I am working on a healing from heartbreak, learning to let go with love course Mm -hmm. that starts in mid-January. I feel like this time of the year is a really good time to rest, to ground, to um, learn to let go of a past relationship that um, people are still healing from or feeling really hurt from. So that's what I'm working on. I've got seven other courses uh, from modern dating to healthy communication to flirting with confidence. All that stuff you can find on my website, seangalanos.com, S-H-A-U-N-G-A-L-A-N-O-S. And I have a podcast. It's called The Love Drive Podcast. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube at The Love Drive. Um, So that's that's what I'm up to. Cool. All things. I love it. Well, I haven't checked out the courses, but I definitely will. And everything will also be linked down below. So if listeners are looking to find you on the socials, uh, check out your courses, um, including the upcoming one, they can do so from the show notes. But thank you again for joining me for this conversation. This is truly lovely. I'm super, super honored. Thank you for having me. When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money, but it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. Hey, just wanted to remind you of that time your kicker missed the extra point and lost the game. Even though he literally never missed an extra point, he chose this playoff game to miss. Yeah, I just noticed you hadn't thought about that in a bit. Wouldn't want you to miss, you know, thinking about it. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory, but we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Hi, my love. I hope you're enjoying Manifest Daily, whether this is your second or your 22nd episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with our latest episodes. And if you really love this show, I would appreciate it if you could do me a huge favor by leaving a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. It really helps the show grow and reach more listeners like yourself. And like I said, I would be super grateful for you to leave that five-star review. Thank you for being here and for being a part of this amazing and growing podcast community. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's episode.